Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, the host for today's activities here on the Run, Parcel, Kick interview alongside my colleague, uh, that's, oh, sorry, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt with Scott Ferrara in the background producing the show. But more importantly, we have to introduce the man of the moment. That, of course, is Taylor Howden from the Sabercats. Taylor, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey guys, thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here and uh, ready to run past or kick a few questions. Excellent. We like the sound of that. But before we jump into the run, pass, or kick format, we have to be able to uh, hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt and let you know how it all works. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that. But Taylor, I got to say, you and I, I guess, got the memo, right? Because we're both sporting the uh, Sabercats gear, right? You got something from the Sabercats there, sporting Aviva. And Ty, <laughs> you're wearing something totally different. What happened? So uh, obviously I was late to the wardrobe meeting, but uh, this one's a special one, nevertheless, that deserves some recognition. Uh, of course, you know, it's important to salute the troops, important for Shop MLR to make sure that they're recognizing all of those important members of society. And they're doing so by branding a lot of the MLR team merch, of course, with the, uh, the camo colors. And it's a little bit of a way to be able to draw attention and give back. Uh, and you can find it for your team, as well as, of course, I'm sporting the one for the Seattle Seawolves here. But likewise, you find one for you. And I'm sure, of course, for the Sabercats fans out there. So go and check out shopmlr.com where you can find all the merch you need as a fan in Major League Rugby. So, again, thanks to uh, the guys at Powered by uh, the RugbyShop.com. That's shopmlr.com. So uh, I'm just going to touch upon how the run, pass, or kick interview style works. It's simply like this for fans that are uninitiated. Basically, Ty and I are going to throw questions at Taylor here. We're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. So, like any good back, Tyler has some options. Taylor, excuse me, has some options. And uh, option one is he can go ahead and run to the question. He'll just let us know uh, that he's going to run with it and he's going to answer it straight up. Or Taylor could um, pass a question, which is simply going to say it's a little hot topic. He wants to pass it off and not answer the question. Or uh, he could kick the question, which is to say he's going to go ahead and have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defensive, and we're going to answer on his behalf, in which case we have to say the answer that we think Taylor would have given, and then he can grade us out, and we know he has some coaching background, so he can tell us we were good, we can tell us we were shite, he can give us some pointers, he can even you know, uh, help us out a little bit. So uh, that's the interview style. Taylor, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I'm ready, Rob. Bring it on. All right. I got to – well, as many of the watchers know, I'm a internet troll, a Facebook troll, a social <laughs> media troll. And, um, you know, it was a little bit tough with you, but uh, I came up with a good one because as I was searching Taylor Howden just to get the, you know, to get the underbelly, the tough underbelly of, of who you are and what you're all about, as soon as I typed in Taylor, another Taylor came up on my Google search. Immediately it was Taylor Swift. And I was, you know, shocked at first. And and so my question to you is, run past your kick. Um, do you wish it was reversed? When her fans type Taylor in Google, do, do you wish the first thing that popped up was Taylor Howden? Uh, yeah, I'll run with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I reckon uh, I reckon rugby would skyrocket in, uh, in America if that was the case. But um <laughs> I don't know, she produces some pretty good music. So, uh, yeah, are you musical? Am I musical? I don't think I'm musical, but uh, but uh, you know, it would be nice to it'd be nice to um, 
to be able to have a few people searching searching up Taylor and Taylor Swift and then getting this ugly mug in the in the images. But yeah. I think don't, next don't week tell yourself question. short, mate. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I think next week we need to tweak that question just out of out of curiosity, Rob. Uh, or a little bit of a, a funny tweak the question. If we had to search the name Taylor Taylor Howden, what dirt would we find? <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Turn away. First question up, boom, batted out of the park. Well, let's jump back into uh, a little bit more about you, Taylor. Uh, Now, obviously, you come with a rich rugby background, and I wanted to touch on a few of those highlights. And of course, it's a long uh, history in rugby because you originally, of course, are from Auckland, New Zealand. So it's almost as if it's the rugby game has been following you your whole life. I'm sure you feel that by being a, a Kiwi native. But more importantly, your experience here in the US, if we dive into that, you got Beaumont, Shaw on your CV, Denver Barbarians, Tiger Rugby, Ohio Aviators, Nola Gold, uh, Sabercats, of course, where you find yourself now. But more interestingly, you also find yourself in a youth development role, which I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to learn more about during the course of this interview. But here lies the important question at hand. Run, pass, or kick, my friend. You are originally from Auckland, New Zealand, as I mentioned before. So how did you come to be playing rugby in the United States? Run pass or kick? I'll definitely, I'll definitely run with this one. Um, so there's a bit of a funny wee story. I uh, in 2006, I was living in Australia. I had moved from New Zealand to Australia, and I was over there um, just working and playing playing rugby. And my my mum had had married, um, had moved over here. She'd married, uh, remarried um, an American guy. Uh, he actually lived in in Houston, um, and so. They were they got married in 2002 uh, and moved over. So in 2006 they had had um, a child, my sister. So in 2006 I actually came over to, to meet my sister. I'd never met her before. Um, so I came over. We met. I was 19 at the time, um, and so at that point I was uh, I was eligible to be sponsored for for a green card visa through through my mum and her marriage. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I had literally come over. wasn't planning on staying. Um, and I kind of enjoyed it, met my sister and I was like, okay, cool. I get green card and, and I can maybe make a life here. And the rest is history sort of 15 years later now. That's a, that's a great story. And, and it kind of leads well into my next question because you might be one of the most well-traveled players in the league. I mean, you, obviously you came to Houston, you spent some time, in Denver, as we talked about off camera, you you spent some time in Ohio with the Ohio Aviators. Of course, down in New Orleans with the gold and back to Houston. And you've traveled in some other areas as well. So my question is this. Um, your rugby has taken you to about every corner of the United States, with exception maybe the Northeast. But I think I saw a hint of that there, too. So run, pass, or kick. What is your the best rugby city that you've experienced in the United States? Ooh, um, I'll run. I'll run with this. Um, that's a tough one, I think, um, because I think when I first arrived here 15 years ago, I thought rugby, you know, there wasn't a lot of rugby around at all. So in, in, in 15 years, which is a pretty small amount of time, rugby has grown significantly. Um, I think uh, in terms of um, most rugby sort of um, – Rugby mad city, I would probably say, based on my experience, uh, I'll probably say Denver is is um, the most rugby mad. Uh, back when I was there, we had you know we had a 
two or three Division One clubs, a Super League club. Um, obviously, you've got the the Raptors and and, and Rugby Town USA, um, and, but you've got so many many youth clubs um, that have that are producing um, some really good some really good athletes that have come out of that. You know, the Ben Pinkelmans and the Cody Malfies and those kind of players that are sort of coming out of that youth that youth uh, uh, rugby in, in in Denver. So I reckon Denver as a, as a whole as a as a as a broad broad answer would, would definitely be the one I think. I like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, well, sure. being a former Raptors fan myself. Well, and Colorado just is has always been a hub. I mean, I, right. know, I'm 50, um, and I know that when I first started playing, Colorado was was a serious hub for rugby. I mean, it's, it started with Aspen's Rugger Fest. I mean, that was almost like you know the mecca for anybody that's played rugby. If you haven't gone and, and done your bit in Rugger Fest, then you haven't really played rugby in the United States. Um, so uh, I. I, I I don't know how I could argue with you. Um, I, I wish I could say played for Aspen one as well. Add that oh, to the so it's like a rite of passage to be able to do rugby fest, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you say that, you know. And one of the rites of passages, I suppose, as a player for you right now, uh, is being handed the whistle. So um, you know, you have the opportunity more recently. In fact, I think you're sporting some of the gear right now for youth rugby, right? So no wonder this popped up in your, your line of, of conversation. So with that in mind, we're going to focus on that for a moment, uh, at least in that realm. And here lies the next question. It is pretty clear that when you hang up your boots, you'll be grabbing the coach's whistle. Is it your goal to eventually coach in the MLR, run, pass, or kick? Uh, I'm going to run again. <laughs> Um, just run yeah. at everything, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hit the gap. I'll hit the gap, Ty. But um, I think uh, I think um, I don't think I know. Hundred percent coaching is something that I want to do um, for sure. Um, I've been around. Um, been lucky enough to have been around a few good coaches and um, and sort of listening into to how they operate. And um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the analytical side of the game a whole lot more than I used to now. As I'm getting a little bit older. Um, and actually really focusing on the analysis of yourself and, and the opposition, uh, the referees. Um, it's definitely something that I want to do once once my uh, playing career is over. Uh, I've had a few opportunities um, to, to do some coaching, obviously with um, our, our new Houston under-18s that have started, the Ohio Aviators and Bermuda at the 10s, yep. um, you know, and, and a, few other, um, a few other teams at Rugby Town here and there. So... Um, coaching is definitely something that I want to do uh, after after I hang the boots. So, if I could just ask a follow up, Taylor, um, if you know, it's I've coached in a lot of different sports, wrestling primarily and rugby, um, and it's one of those things where I always look to pick up from a head coach if I'm an assistant a little tidbit, a, 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 a just a a little slice of something that I can add to my philosophy. Is there, what is something that you picked up along the way? One, one piece, one bit that you're going to definitely put into your coaching philosophy when you get your opportunity to be a head coach, perhaps in a major league team. Um, that's a really good question. Um, Rob. Um, I don't know if I could answer it right off the top of my head now, but I I, I think, um, I think that the the most important the most important part for me um, about rugby 
And I don't know if I've learned this from a coach maybe or, or something that I've just um, developed on my own as, as time has gone on, but it, it does um, sort of sit at the forefront of many coaches that I've played with before or played for and coached with. But um, it's the, the art of enjoyment um, and, and making sure that you're having fun with the sport um, because, you know, you, when you're in the MLR, you, you you're not playing rugby because you have to. You're playing rugby because you want to. And then the bonus is that you get to do it professionally. So um, for me, it's it's making sure that there's a, a definitely some enjoyment around the playing group that, that I'm coaching um, or even playing with and making sure that, um, you know, what, while everything is, is, you know, you've got to make sure that you're, you're ticking your boxes and you're, you're doing all the right things, but you've got to have fun with it. You've got to enjoy it. So that's something that I'm definitely – Right. To, to use. Passion is a powerful fuel, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Tight. And and obviously, you work with a lot of young players, so that's particularly important. Is making it something that's fun and enjoyable, and something they want to come back to, uh, practice after practice. Um, and speaking of practice or coaching, we're going to take that just a little bit further. You already have a strong coaching resume, having coaches. You talked about. Um, the Ohio Aviators, you coach the NOLA Sevens um, team, you coach Tiger Rugby, and and as we've talked about, you're a director of NOLA Gold Rugby Academy, and now you're with the Houston's youth programs. Um, run past your kick, what is one thing that the USA rugby community can do to raise the standard of rugby in the United States? Um, oh, can I kick that one? You can do anything you want. I'll kick it to Ty. There we go. That's what I, I like felt that one coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready in position, like, oh shit, here it comes. <laughs> um, okay, so just don't knock it on. One, yeah, one <laughs> thing is is tough to be able to define, right? I mean, because it's going to be a culmination of all these things. But I guess it's just getting as many kids in playing the game, getting used to holding a rugby ball, getting people involved. Um, Grow the community at a grassroots, right? I mean, that's the ultimate goal. And I mean, it's hard for me to define one thing. I mean, we've had entire episodes about this conversation that I now need to boil into a 30-second response. But it's it's really just getting as many young kids involved as possible and as many people exposed to the game. And that means the parents and the kids as well. Great. Can, I, like, add, can I add one thing to it? Yeah, but I only had one thing, so you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that that r- rugby being made accessible to watch, uh, right, without being behind a paywall, is yeah. I mean, the, the rugby network. 100%. I mean, we we honestly had this conversation when it was first spoken about, or at least the concept was being revealed that hey, there's going to be a rugby network. We're moving away onto our own platform for Major League Rugby. And we're like, oh man, geez, is this going to be another paywall? So kudos to to where rugby is in America and obviously uh, Major League Rugby being a driving force that to make it accessible to everybody, 100% right. I like that. I'll give you that extra point. I'll allow and, it. And there's, nothing, <laughs> and there's nothing worse than thinking about as an American rugby fan that this uh, this summer and this fall is, is we're going to see the Eagles return to international right. play that we're going to have to pay to see but it, right? How and many subscriptions do I have right yeah. now? <laughs> You know, and it's and it's not just you know I, I'll pay five bucks to belong for the month or ten bucks even, but I think Flow Rugby for the quality of coverage and the cost is it, it isn't worth the value in a sense. 
yeah, I uh, I can I can agree with that. You know what I mean? And just from my experience growing up, New Zealand, obviously rugby's prevalent sport there, but it's just on constantly on the TV. So you right. put it on and you see something that you like, and as a youngster, that's what you want to try and emulate. Whereas right. there and it's football, baseball, basketball, and you're a youngster and you see that. I suppose if I was boiling it down again to one thing, it's to finally refer to rugby no longer as a niche sport. Right. Yeah. I I got it. This brings it to mind. I'm sorry. I got to tell a story. I don't know if I've ever said this, but when I was playing. Welcome to the Rob Hammerschmidt show. That's right. Well, it's about time everybody (laughs) figured that out. Um, I I had a friend of mine, a, a Kiwi, Graham, and Graham's dad used to send us tapes, right? Uh, VHS tapes from New Zealand of the All Blacks and of, oh. uh, of, of you know, some of the um, uh, other uh, counties teams. Uh, and and that's what we used to watch after training. So on Thursday night, training would finish. We'd go to the clubhouse and we'd pop a VHS tape in. And it was like three months old. <laughs> so, but it was rugby, damn it. So we were happy. So it's, Yeah, it's, at it's a high level. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so it's cool. cool. Yeah, it's good to see. Uh, it's good to see the rugby network is is making it so accessible. So you have a great point there, Taylor. So let me dive into the next question here, and uh, I've got it lined up. So we're on to number six. So based upon uh, the time that you've spent in both New Orleans and Houston, uh, so this is where the question lies: How do the two fan bases compare between Nola and Houston? Run, pass, or kick? Oh. Um... Uh, Rob, this is uh, made for you. I reckon I'm going to kick it over to you, mate. Well, you you know what I'm going to say, right? I mean, there's no fan base better in New Orleans. I mean, you got the second line trotting in with Benji at the lead. Uh, you've got fans dressed up in Mardi Gras gear during Mardi Gras season. Uh, they have their themes. I think this year they have had a really good time with some of the different teams and the themes going on when the Gilgronies and Giltinis were there. They had special concoctions. Uh, they had gold teenies made up and um, I think they're a fan base. Uh, they do a great shrimp boil uh, before the game. That was that was awesome. And I, I think it was uh, what I most enjoyed when I went to a recent game is most of the fans that watch the show know is after the game, the boys came out and said hello and and spent the time just chilling out with fans. And that happens game after game as the, as the boys really enjoy um, the NOLA fan base and, and, and thank them, you know, and appreciate them uh, showing up on a weekly basis. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with New Orleans. I mean, I, I can't, you're supposed can't. to rate him. It's just like you're like the strong, <laughs> silent type. There, you're like that's nice. <laughs> I guess you can't argue with the way that the, the New Orleans fans are. That New Orleans fans are. I mean, sport mad city, um, and they get they get behind the guys. The Houston fans are are the same. You know, we we obviously our results aren't. Um, you know, aren't the way that we want them to be. Um, and, you know, we've still got our fans that are still coming and showing up and supporting us no matter what. So um, right. that's that's something that's, that's awesome. And you have too. a pretty friggin' awesome stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. It's unreal, for sure. Right. So t- right. Awesome. You're like the spoiled kids in rugby right now. <laughs> yeah, it's spoiled, great, but we're not getting all the treats, mate. So I don't know. Yeah. Why. I mean, there's a lot of jealous uh, teams out there that wish they had that sort of facility, right? And if you bounce, you know, this conversation back to like rewind 15 years ago when you first started, uh, uh, you know, participating in rugby here in the U.S., did you think there would be facilities like that? No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I played. You know, when I was here, I played for uh, in Houston when I first arrived. I played for the KD Rugby Club, 
right. in West Houston. And I was 19, but it was like a high school club. So I was a little bit too old, so I couldn't actually play. I could just train. Um, but then I went, I had to, I had to drive to the woodlands from where I was living, which was about an hour. So that was crazy for me that like you had to drive an hour to play my club rugby, uh, you know, and then getting, you know, you have to change on the side of the field and all of that kind of jazz. So right. 15 years ago when I arrived in Houston to now what it's like in Houston, um, it's a complete, complete right. 80 and uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see. So, um, but there are clubs. I do want to say there are clubs around the country that have really, really good facilities, good, good, humble facilities that are that really sort of uh, embody the grassroots type of game, like San Francisco Golden Gate and and the Pittsburgh Harlequin Quinsfield. Um, you know, they've got clubhouses, they've got um, jerseys hung up on the wall, they've got um, you know the the mums working behind right. the. Uh, you could be walking the- into a clubhouse in Auckland and it would be the same feel, right? In that embodies that spirit you're saying. I think, I think most clubs need to get a little bit of recognition throughout the, the, the sport. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. You talk about that. Like when I first started playing, I played for the Chicago Blaze. We were one of, I think, three clubs that had full out facilities that we owned and controlled um, with a clubhouse in the country. And now that's expanded. I mean, Charlotte has a great, uh, great clubhouse. Uh, I think Wisconsin up there in Madison just built a phenomenal facility. Uh, if you ever get to the Midwest, you got to check out those built the blaze and, and, uh, Madison because they, they are tremendous, uh, facilities. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to say that I think that shows a little something about, uh, the strength of rugby in the United States as it's growing. Uh, but let's, you know, continue to talk a little bit on your side of things. Um, we were talking about NOLA earlier, so just real quick for our NOLA fans, uh, run past or kick, what did you enjoy most about your time at NOLA? Sorry, did you ask me uh, what, did, what did I enjoy most? Yeah, about your time at NOLA. Um, I guess it's like any uh, – I'll run. I'll run with it. Uh, I guess it's like any um, any other – sort of everything that I've played, you know, about uh, making connections with the boys. Um, and uh, and that's a, you know, something that's a pretty major thing for me is is, is connection with the guys. So I think, um, I think that's probably the thing I've enjoyed the most is that, you know, there was a, it was an enjoyable group to be a part of. And, um, yeah. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you just fine, and uh, you just keep powering through, buddy. Uh, we got you on the side. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're good. You're all um, good, mate. You're yes. all good. You're like, hello? Is anybody there? Hello? <laughs> but it's all good. You know, uh, we, we like to be able to to give you the opportunity to be able to just share whatever's on your mind. But, you know, one of the things that we have lined up over here before we go into uh, the quick tap, I have the opportunity to deliver the next question. So we like to be able to talk not only about your experiences uh, as a rugby player, but also being an ambassador for the sport, but you're obviously so keen on being able to develop the youth around the sport as well. So you have your own family, you got a young boy, and uh, I believe this is, uh, uh, you know, William is his name, is that right, you said? That's right. Okay, so here we go. 2019, Nick Feeks roomed with you, right? Uh, did your son pick up any bad Australian habits from him? 
<laughs> um, yeah, lots of swear words. Right. Uh, um, lots of swear words. Uh, leaving the front door open. Uh, not taking the rubbish out. Um, crumbs all over the uh, couch. I love how he's got a list already lined up in his head. You know, this is quite an extensive list. Most people kind of like pause for a moment. Oh, let me think. No, you got them locked and loaded, my friend. Yeah, it was like I had two sons. <laughs> it, it, well, sounds like, it sounds like the mongoose is somebody you don't want to room with when you go on a road trip. Right. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Worst roommate ever. Nah, look. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was going to premise it, though. I'm like, earlier I had asked you who was your worst roommate when we were doing our, our, our pre-production meeting as a test, right? So would your answer be Feeks? <laughs> nah, nah. My answer wouldn't be Feeks. He was, um, he was, he was awesome to live with, actually. Uh, he's one of my one of my good mates now, and um, you know he's just like a full on rugby brain. So him and I always are just chatting rugby back and forth. Right. Um, I speak to him pretty much every day. So um, yeah, no, nah, he's a he's a good roommate, uh, and he was awesome around my yeah. son as well. So and and for just a, a little bit of a fun fact, Nick Feeks was, I believe, our first or second guest we ever number one number one on the Run Parcel Kick interview. He was the first guest we ever had. So his name is continuously coming back into the show for two reasons. One, he's just an awesome character. He's doing a lot of good work for rugby out there, especially in youth right now, as well as the on-field action. Uh, but more importantly, it's because you have the number one NOLA fan, Rob Hammerschmidt, here. So he's going to you know, always highlight those guys and the good work they're doing as a fan should, right? Yeah, he's the reason I became a NOLA fan, to be honest with you, because he could, you know, you probably don't know this. I mean, you know, he came from LU, but my son uh, was was uh, looking at going to school and and that was the first guy that he met. And, and, and Nick was willing to work with him right away. You know, here is a high school kid looking to go to college and Nick picked him up and said, hey, I'll help you out, mate. So Nick, Nick has a special place for me, um, you know, because of what he's done for my son. So uh, hats off to the goose. Um, we're going to go, uh, right in real quick and talk about something local here. Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Dern, the Tighthead staff will ensure you're kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every major league rugby derby that will electrify the 21-21 season. Head to Tighthead on Sunday, May 23rd at 1 p.m. to see Rooney play the Free Jacks. The watch parties will happen every week throughout the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So um, now we're going to get into our quick tap. We're just going to give you two choices, and you just choose one, and you don't even have to explain if you don't want to. You can, of course, if you, if you would like, expound on uh, on it in any way. So are you ready for the quick tap? Yep, let's do it. All right, here we go. Better beer, Carbach or Tui? Oh, Tui. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you supposed about- to tell you a sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Love thinking- Street. Carbach Love Street. Here you go. I was thinking about how I'd answer the question. I'm like, I used to drink Steinlager, and that, you know, it's a Kiwi beer, but it's not very good. So I had to find a much better uh, brand of Kiwi beer. All yeah. right. Better hat, bucket or baseball? Ooh, uh, baseball, snapback. Really? Preferably retro. I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised. I thought after watching you at the Ohio, Ohio oh. or the uh, Bermuda Tons that you were a bucket guy. So, although, although I do have the, <laughs> there we go. I do have the bucket on me. I thought I'd just have this ready. Uh, the evidence suggests otherwise, right but now, I, Taylor. I love, I love my retro hats, boys. So um, I got to go retro baseball. Okay. okay. All right. What baseball team is it? If you're going to put one on. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't really have a favorite team, but um, probably if I was to support a team, I'd probably go for the Cleveland Indians. Okay. All right. Still an Ohio man. Gotcha. All right. All right, better rugby, sevens or fifteens? Fifteens. Okay. Better vacation, mountains or beach? Ooh. Uh, which mountains? <laughs> you, choose. <laughs> you choose, mate. You choose. Uh, man, oh, that's a hard one. I'd have to go. I think you spent a lot of time in Colorado. I'm thinking mountains. I do. I, man, I love the mountains, but I mean, I also love the beach. Um, that's how you're from New Zealand, right? You got both. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta say, beach. I do love the mountains, but but beach takes the cake. All right, last one. You don't want to screw this one up. Ready? Better food: pulled pork or gumbo? Oh, uh, pulled pork. Okay, I think all the Houston fans will let you come, uh, let you stay in the city for a little while. Right, ready to barbecue, right? Gumbo. <laughs> when, when I was in when I was in New Orleans and I had just arrived there, we were looking for gumbo. We were looking for like a really nice place to eat gumbo, and um, we were at this restaurant, and there was a, a guy, uh, an elderly guy, sitting by himself at the table, and we had said, um, you know, we were looking for gumbo, and he was like, "You don't get gumbo at a restaurant in New Orleans." Why don't you come with me and I'll get you some gumbo and you, I'll give you some of my own gumbo that I made. And we sort of were like, oh, but but weird. But Southern Hospitality, we accepted and went and had some 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 homemade gumbo and it was unbelievable. So, I mean, uh, that was a pretty cool thing when I had first arrived to NOLA that it just the guy randomly said, hey, man, come on over and eat some gumbo. I got some homemade stuff. You'll love it. Right. That's what they always say. If you want true local flavor, you got to get it from a local. Yeah. So- Sounds a little like my experience with um, with uh, the the sour mash there in uh, in Arkansas in the Ozarks, man. It's just it's like <laughs> if you want to get decent uh, decent alcohol, you got to go with the, the the homemade distillery. Yeah. So let's uh, step away from the quick tap segment for a moment and uh, back into our regular line of questioning with run, pass, or kick. Exactly. So. We spoke briefly about how awesome Aviva Stadium really is and, you know, how it's such a a stark contrast from when you first started rugby to where rugby is now in terms of facilities. So with that in mind, there is quite a bit of diversity in the MLR playing facilities. Houston is among the top of them all. What makes Aviva such a great place to watch rugby, run, pass, or kick? Um, I'll run. Um, I think the... um the game day experience at Aviva is second to none. I mean, you know, there's we've always got one to two curtain raisers. We've got the youth and then um, either an academy game or, or a high school game. Um, we've got, you know, every week we're doing something um, for the community to, you know, in terms of um, like next week is military military night. This past Saturday was pride night. Um, that's it. And, and there's, there's, we have we have axe throwing on at the stadium. We have kids games that they can do on the side. We um we have you know the, t- the tickets are cheap. 
I love how you, when you put these things together, it's all about context, right? So you're like, so what makes it great? Well, we have kids everywhere, beer and axes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all followed by all followed by a rugby game. But I mean, it's just, right. it's, it's, you know, it is, it's that whole, it's, it's, it's family feel. It's, right. um, it's, it's the stadium itself is good. You know, I mean, it's not a huge stadium, so we're, you know, where it feels like that energy is like all palpable around that, you know, that hub of activity, which is the field. And it's all just adding to the ambiance, the experience. You know, we were fortunate enough to be able to have JT on yet, uh, the president to to the Sabercats on a little while back. And he kind of echoed these very same things. And it starts with with uh, George Killebrew, who coined the phrase rugby tainment, right? And it's just this overall package. Um, but uh, I'm glad to be able to hear, as you say, you know, it's working very well in that vein down in Aviva Stadium in Houston. Yeah, it is. All right. Speaking of the Houston uh, Sabercats, uh, you guys have had mixed results this season, two and six record up to this point up to the halfway point here. Uh, yet you guys went toe-to-toe with league leaders, the L.A. Gatinis, just falling a little bit short. It was an impressive game, really enjoyable to watch. Um, run, pass, or kick, is this a reflection of the parity in the league or the Cats' struggles finding their continuity and consistency on the pitch? Um, run with it. We just, uh, you know, that was a game that we decided that we we really needed to get up for. You know, it was we were, they were league leaders. Um, they're, they're star-studded and all the rest of it. They kind of have got all the bells and whistles, you know, and the red carpet is laid out. So we kind of thought we let's get in and, and let's let's be physical and let's try and uh, let's try and bring the game to to LA, um, and and that's what and that's what we did, you know. And 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 um, we we had a game plan that we we went into that game with, and we we stuck to that game plan, and we really worked pretty hard at it. And uh, unfortunately, you know, they are a good team, and they were able to to exploit some areas that um, you know that they must have really used some analysis on uh, and saw where we maybe had some areas of weakness and they were able to exploit those. So I, I reckon, you know, um, obviously they were knocked off last week by um, Rooney, by Rooney, um, you know what I mean? And so it just maybe kind of shows that, you know, they had a bit of a delay on their flight. They, uh, they had to go and play on, on Jersey city and, and uh, in that area with, with football lines and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe it was a little bit out of their comfort zone. Um, but, they are. They're good. They're coached well. Um, they seem to. Uh, they seem to be, you know, heading in the right direction. And um, for us, it was just. Uh, it was a tough game, but we really, we really tried to. Right. Come as hard as we could, and. and yeah. Watch. What was, if I may, just jump in there. What was also so impressive is that at that time, leading up into the game, unfortunately, there was some. I don't know how to put it lightly, but there was some dismal results before with two zero uh, score lines, right? Mm-hmm. So it was almost like an unbelievable position to be in going in because as the underdogs, you know, the expectation isn't wasn't for anybody to be able to go in there and beat them, but yet so surprisingly, and with this note of LA, we're going to stick on this theme just for a moment. And I have the next question lined up. So run, pass, or kick. Often the Cats played the control game using excellent boot, the excellent boot of Sam Windsor to kick for territory uh, and when points are on offer. 
in the LA game, the team seemed to be a bit more bold when given the option. Was this a part of the game plan given the opponent? Opponent, I mean, was this game plan designed for them? Yeah, it was um, designed for them. Um, it was, you know, we, at that, like as you said, we're two results, you know, back to back zeros. Right. Um, so we're our backs are in the corner. So there's nowhere we could go except fight our way out. So we really looked at. Um, the way that we wanted to attack that game and the way that we wanted to, to, to play rugby. Um, and it was a little bit different to the way that we we did versus the Free Jacks and, and the Kilgronies. Um, so we, we wanted to play a little bit more rugby, um, but also a little bit smarter. And, um, you know, and, and, and once you sort of get a, you know, once you get your nose, your nose in front, you start to, you start to feel and you start to get a little bit of momentum, sorry. Um, you know, good things happen, bounce the ball goes your way. And that's what we felt like we were doing sort of halfway, 50, 60 minutes through that game. Um, and then just sort of at the end there, we weren't able to kind of to finish it off. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a two-point difference in the end, I think. In the in the end, I don't think it was a two-point difference. Um, it was well, one uh, stage, I know, for the longest. I don't know. I can't even remember the final scoreline now, but it was competitive to the end. Yeah, it was, it was competitive to the end. We got in, we got in front and we were leading. Right. And we were about 60, 65 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we... You know, we, we let in um, a, a try and, and then another try right off the back of that for them to get, I think it was two scores up. I think it might have been right. 12 points. Right, so I remember like, that now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, and, and and then we just kind of, that's when the, 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 steam, the steam fell out and, you know, we weren't able to get back in the game. So, um, look, credit, credit to LA, though, because they've been doing it well this entire season. They had one little upset and, um, you know, and then they backed it up against a good, with a good performance on the weekend in SoFi Stadium. So, I mean... Good on them. Yeah, absolutely. And let's, uh, you know, we'll stick with the theme of, of, of on-the-pitch rugby real quick, but we're going to lighten the mood just a little bit. As of right now, the Dallas Jackals will compete in the 2022 season. Run, pass, or kick, should they be added to the Texas Cup competition? Um, I have my own thoughts on that. I'm going to pass that one. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had entire episodes about this, so we've got our own thoughts too. <laughs> we'll pass on that one too. <laughs> um, but let, that gives me the opportunity to dive into the next question. We've got about two more lined up here. So I want you to start having in your mind, as we do with each of our guests, is just before we head out of this interview, we're going to give you the chance to be able to send a few shout-outs, a special message for a cause or something important to you. But before then, let's uh, go into the next question. Run, pass, or kick here, Taylor. In 2020, the league held its first college draft, the MLR draft, of course. Are there, I'm uh, sorry, are there any players selected in the draft that have put their hand up for inclusion in the Eagles pool this summer, in your opinion? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, run. That's a good one. That's a good question. I like that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah, I think two off the off the top of my head would be um, the most obvious two would be Connor Mooneyham and Andrew Guerra. Um, I, I just saw the stat line for Andrew on um, right weekend, social media. Yeah, eighty minutes, uh, seventeen tackles or carries, maybe twelve tackles, thirty three ruck arrivals. Right, it just shows you the work rate of the guy. Uh, yeah, and that's unbelievable. And then Connor Mooneyham has. I mean, he's been pretty much on fire every single game. So, 
doesn't I don't even think he's had a bad game yet. So I, I think he was up. actually player of the week a couple of weeks back in one of the rounds. Yeah, I, I, I think he I think those two um sort standouts of have, for you, yeah. Yeah, they've stand out, they've solidified that they um I, I, I was a little bit skeptical um about the jump between um collegiate level rugby into into this level rugby. Uh, and it's still, I mean, it still is an, an incredible um, uh, jump up, large jump up. Uh, but I think those two players have uh, have really um, risen to the level um, right. week in, week out. You know, not just a, a, a one and done, but but consistent performances. So, yeah, those two. I would I would assume the two of them are in, in inclusion for the Eagles. Oh, this is going to be a tough one to be able to choose because there's a lot of candidates that already should have, in my opinion, been been in the mix. But obviously, you know, 2020 just kind of derailed all of that. So it's going to be interesting this year. Yeah. Um, All right. So I've got the last question here. And I don't know if about the – I think we saved the best for last. This should be a pretty good one. Not going to put you under too much pressure, though. Um, Run, pass, or kick. LA is running away with the top spot in the West. Um, meanwhile, no team seems to be commanding control of the East. So run past or kick. Who will be the team to represent the East in the MLR final on August 1st, in your opinion? Um, I will, I'll run cause I love rugby questions and love chatting, it, chatting about it. But, um, I think, uh, the East representative in the, in the final will be, uh, Rooney. In my opinion, I think um, I think that they have just they've got a, a pretty complete team. Uh, they like to uh, uh, Dan Hollingshead has been right. um, has been a, a, a really good uh, general of the for the team. Um, he's been, you know and obviously his connection with 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 Andy Ellis uh, in the in the nine and ten there has been a good connection. They've just got some some big game players, um, and they they run the ball from everywhere. And they're not afraid to do it. Uh, they're a good side. Yeah, you just made uh, Scott uh, Ferrar yeah. in the background, who of course is like the number one Rooney supporter. Very, very pleased to hear that. You are now on his Christmas card list. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's got a headache from the from from sprouting wood, man. So um, <laughs> yeah, you so, just made a new bestie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I can see why you might feel that way. Um, you know, we I, of course, disagree. About this. You would agree? I would disagree, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta be the NOLA guy, right? But for me being objective, I can see how, how at, you know, at a glance, other people would definitely agree with you because they are the ones to be able to take down uh, the Giltinis, right? Um, so we hope to be able to see that happen a few more times just to, to you know, just kind of throw a, a spanner in the works. But by far, the East is a lot more competitive. And uh, I think it's only five points that separate the, the, the teams uh, between the top and the bottom. So, you know, it's it's hard to tell. Uh, but Rainey's your pick. So we'll see, right? We, we, will, we will see. So, Taylor, with the opportunity at hand, we've made our way through the questions. We wanted to be able to hear from you. Uh, who do you want to be able to send a shout-out to, a message you want to be able to send out there for the world to hear? Here is your opportunity, my friend. Um, well, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, uh, it's been fun. I just want to send a shout-out to, uh, first and foremost, my son, William. 
who's um, enjoying the beach on vacation in Florida at the moment. Um, I also want to shout out to um, the, all the Sabercat um, under-18 players that got selected for uh, the first ever Sabercat under-18s um, series versus, nice. versus Gilgronies, um, two games versus the Gilgronies and uh, one game versus Panther Rugby Academy. Um, so a shout out to those guys and I'm really excited to begin our first training session on Wednesday. Um, and then I'd just like to, I'd sh- like to shout out to uh, all the fans, the, the rugby fans uh, that, that are, you know, old and new that are watching the sport, learning the sport, wanting to, um, wanting to get involved and wanting to, to, to help out within the community. I think a lot of those, those type of people um, don't get the recognition that they deserve. So anybody that's out there in the community that's doing, um, that's coaching, admin, refing, um, supporting, buying merch, all of that stuff, um, I just want to shout out to you guys because uh, you, without you guys, you know, we will, uh, you know, the, the game won't won't grow as, as quickly as, as we would like it to. So thank you guys very much and thank you to the fans and everybody that's involved um, in rugby not just the players coaches. Can I just say that might be the best shout out we've had yet, not to disrespect everybody else, but man, you 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 hit you hit the cycle on that one, right? You hit your family, uh you hit the the rugby community as a whole, you hit your boys that you coach. I mean, um that was that was awesome, man. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it was the Academy Award of uh, <laughs> of yeah. the uh, shout outs on the show. And it was. And it shows you how many different partners there are in growing rugby, right? Uh, and it starts at home with our family supporting a dream, right? And helping you to be able to pursue this. And then, of course, ends uh, with the fans uh, who attend the games. And, of course, fans who watch us here on the Rugby Rant to be able to share the message with them. And our mission alone is also to be able to help rugby grow one fan at a time. And if you enjoy what we do, you can continue to get more great content from the team here at the Rugby Rant by liking, following us on social media, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and including TikTok under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can also find our new rugby debate episodes available weekly on the Rugby Network work.com where you can also download that on the new roku tv app and you can find us weekly being updated every friday making sure that you get the latest debate chosen by you as the fans of the rugby rant and that will be each and every friday a new upload but in the meantime myself and the gang on behalf of the rugby rant team my name is ty braga been your host for today's run pass or kick interview with taylor howden alongside rob the hammer hammerschmidt and on behalf of scott ferrara who produces the show and our sponsors at the rugbyshop.com shop mlr tight head brewing We thank you very much for watching this episode of the Run Parcel Kick, and we will see you at the next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.